Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. Let's start by taking in a deep breath, breathing in spirit, knowing that spirit is all there is. The power and presence of spirit are active throughout all of nature. The love and direction of spirit are expressed everywhere is everything. Spirit is a force that unifies every atom of creation. This power, this love is manifesting as each of us. We are divine creations of spirit, embodying and expressing all that spirit is. We are one with nature and divine love as it moves in through and as us. We now expand our awareness of spirit's presence. We see and feel spirit within and all around us through everything we see in nature. We know the path of the divine as we embark on the journey of becoming more spirit. Although we are all one, we must each take our own path to know and become spiritual beings we were meant to be. We are open to the clear path that is before us today. Moving forward, we know we are aligned with nature. This awareness overcomes any fear, reluctance, or negative thoughts. I am thankful for being one with all nature today. I am grateful to see spirit moving through our service this morning, through Brendan Amy's songs, through Reverend David's words, and through each of us present today. With deep gratitude for this amazing truth, I now release my word into law, knowing it is done, just as I have said, I let go and let spirit, and so it is. Please enjoy a couple of moments of silence as we let this prayer sink in. Love it. Breathe that in for a moment. Be aware of your oneness with Earth. Hmm. Which is appropriate because, as uh, Sandy already observed, this month we are looking at living everyday wonder with nature. Back to the Earth and the air and the water and animals and the plants and all of that that we are part of and our talk title today was uh is uh earth force report for duty a little parody on on the old space force tv program i i love the guy who wrote this um particular title i didn't follow any of his uh talk but uh but i love the title so we're called to be aware of and live in nature because we do, we live in nature, and nature lives in and as us. But most of us were raised to feel separate from, 
separate from nature, separate from each other, separate from our own selves, separate from that God, whatever it is. And we were conditioned to feel powerless, to believe that power belonged outside of us to parents, teachers, institutions, and companies, white men, rich people, governments, and sort of to a temperamental, judgmental God who ran things from his big throne in the sky, though not very well, apparently. We were taught about independence, but we were not taught about interdependence and interconnectivity. And we were taught to go inside and work and not outside and play. And the important things happened inside buildings. And outside was just a never-ending field of supplies to build things and, and for some to get rich and others to just get by while making others rich. And we stopped being unique expressions of the infinite divine presence and became consumers and the market. And we were taught that we were brains on sticks, brains on a stick, and nothing much more. So we were socialized, that is domesticated, to use um, Don Miguel Ruiz's term from the uh, Four Agreements, and taught to ignore our natural wildness. I love in that song, it's like, we are animals. And that is an aspect of us, our, animal, our natural animal nature, which lives within us, and trading that in to be problem-solving intellects only living lives of quiet desperation, to quote Emerson, or, as was summed up beautifully, holding on in quiet desperation is the English way until we are comfortably numb, to quote a couple of Pink Floyd lyrics. I've noticed that Americans are kind of noise, noisily desperate these days. Um, but at any rate, we are not connected. And so it's the pinnacle of living to have that kind of a life. I, I love the line in the song of, of going higher up in the skyscrapers. But it's not. It's not really the pinnacle of living, being alive. And the cracks of this kind of life, the cracks of this domestication are showing and growing. And the problem with all of that, is course, of course, is that interconnectivity Oneness, unity, the essence of who we are is the real truth of all life. We are not separate from. We are one of. Ernest Holmes. I need my glasses for this one. Hang on a second. It's in small print. Ernest Holmes said, you belong to the universe in which you live. You are one with the creative genius back of the vast array of ceaseless motion, this original flow of life. You are as much a part of it as the sun, the earth, and the air. There is something in you telling you this, like a voice echoing from some mountaintop of inward vision, like a light whose origin no man has ever seen, like an impulse welling up from an invisible source. See, we're not strangers in a strange land or, or aliens left here you know, long, long ago. Nature, life on and as the planet grew us, all of us. And yet sometimes we forget that. I think it was Joan Rivers. I could be mistaken on who said this, but said nature is what happens between the door and the waiting cab. 
And that was a New Yorker's point of view. But that's not true. In our teaching, we say that the infinite consciousness has been evolving or evil loving its ability to express and experience itself. Yes, evil loving. And that humanity is the next natural progression of that natural evolution. We are body and soul, microcosm and macrocosm at the same time. We are earth stuff. We are star stuff. We are spirit stuff. We're all that at once. Awakening to the awareness that there's no separation between any of that. Breathe. We are the three aspects of being. We are the trinity. We are the triune nature of the universe all in one. Thus, what is happening to the planet is happening to us. And what is happening to us is happening to the planet. Because we are one. There is no separation. You know, many people, when they're asked what keeps you alive, will answer things like money or technology or business or the stock market or government or God. But what really keeps us alive is, at least in this human physical expression, sun, water, earth, and air. Four elements. But because we live in boxes, we live in boxes of homes, we live in boxes of our moving vehicles, cars and trains and planes and, and buses and, and offices that we go to, we forget this. You know, it's possible to, for, for many of us to pass an entire day without any direct contact with the living earth, without feeling unfiltered sunlight on our skin or a cool breeze ruffling our hair. I love the quote that I put into the, from Khalil Gibran that I put into the newsletter this month. Forget not that the earth delights to feel your bare feet and the winds long to play with your hair. We forget the sounds, smells, and sight of free running water. We don't walk on unpaved services. We don't pluck ripe berries from a bush or sea life off of a rock and, and eat and enjoy it. We forget to watch the flight of birds in the evening or the morning. Marcel Proust said, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. We stay plugged into our technology, our TVs, our phones, our computers, and we become indoor people with indoor concerns. But we can change that. In fact, we have to change that. So to develop new eyes is to see through the eyes of nature rather than through our conditioned human eyes. The, I would call him eco-theologian Thomas Berry wrote, indigenous people live in a universe, in a cosmological order, whereas we, the people of the industrial world, no longer live in a universe. We in North America live in a political world, a nation, a business world, an economic order, a cultural tradition, a Disney dreamland. 
There's an organization called Nature Unplugged that encourages people to unplug from their technology, to get outside of living in boxes, at least for a little while, and to see and experience life, nature, through clearer eyes. Until we have a healthier relationship with nature, seeing from a holistic, interconnected view. That is our goal here. That is our invitation this month. And so they have a five-part pathway to help us to experience nature and thus our own authentic lives because we are nature in form and to experience it more directly and more clearly. And this path involves five R's. The first one is reframe and then reset, reconnect, rewire, recharge. And the first step, reframe, is becoming aware of our use, abuse, addiction to, and overuse of technology. It's, there's a study that says the average American checks their phone 150 times a day. That's about 10 times an hour. I can't argue with that one. I might be guilty. And that's the average American spends 90% of their time indoors. And there are lots of studies about the unhealthiness of screen time versus green time. We live in what's called an attention economy. Can I get your attention? Can I get your attention? Can I get your attention? With lots of behind the scenes manipulation going on to call us to our social media and other tech. And a long-standing addiction to knowing what's going on in the world. Every little detail, every little corner, which is, of course, the human perspective on the human world. I recently saw, came across a Microsoft app that they were pushing. I think it was called Soundscape. And what it was, was an app on your phone that you could listen to while you're walking you know, around anywhere, and it will tell you what's around you. Now, I used to use eyeballs and ears for doing that and nose and, and other you know, sensory inputs, but apparently I need an app now to do this. I did not buy it. The second part then of this, the second R is reset. And it's about emerging from our media haze and focusing on and connecting with what's truly important in our lives, which is not how many likes you can get on a media post. By creating healthy boundaries about our tech usage, we open up to spend more, having more time to spend with and as and in nature and with each other. And we can experience our natural selves in our natural environment, reconnecting with the living, with living in a universe and with a living universe. You know, a couple of small ways that I do this personally is that I set my phone to do not disturb between 9, 9 p.m. and 9 a.m. I won't hear you call me if you call me in the middle of the night. And, you know, as a minister, that was a hard one for me because it's like we're supposed to be available 24-7, 365. What happens if somebody is dying in the middle of the night or needs prayer support in the middle of the night? And the truth is, in about 15 years, I have not experienced anybody calling me at 2 in the morning with a crisis. I've called myself, or Spirit has called me a few times in the middle of the night, but no phone calls. 
And then the other way, of course, that many of you know is that I do not look at my work email on Fridays. And something new that I'm going to do is to actually turn my phone off for at least a half a day a week, completely off. No little dings of new emails coming in or new posts to look at or anything like that to call my attention, to completely unplug from that. And then not park myself in front of the TV in compensation for that either, but to be doing something different, to be reconnecting with my essential self and with nature. And I invite you to think of ways that you can expand how you create time. The third R then is to reconnect. And that brings us again to how to use that unplugged time. It's not enough to just unplug. How do we use it? To get outside, to move our bodies, and to interact with each other, with our, with our fellow human beings face-to-face. -face. Oh, my God. We've forgotten in the last two quarter years how to do that, but it's still there. So we've recharged. We've talked about that idea becoming a, of having a new sense of reality and value. And we let go of the idea of being human-centric. So we must expand to recognize we are planetary people. We are people of this planet. We are connected with all life, and we are a part of and one with all life on this planet. So this week, three spiritual practices. Number one, get out of your boxes. I'm looking at Sylvia over there. She's obviously sitting on, I think it's her backyard or back porch outside the box and having a little natural experience. And I think uh, there was somebody else, Sherry Brandt or Sherry Reisner, who said she was doing the same. So get out of your boxes, step away from your tech and experience nature, life firsthand. Bring a sense of wonder and curiosity as you take time to observe and to ponder and to unify with the natural world. Or I would say more correctly, become aware of the fact that you and I are already unified with and as the natural world. That's practice one. Practice two, become aware of your connection with nature. Become aware of your animal aspect and welcome it. Play with it. Explore it and experience it. Remember that we are earth stuff, star stuff, and spirit stuff simultaneously. And then finally, ask that infinite wisdom within. How can I expand? my ecological consciousness? How can I expand my ecological consciousness? So that's our three spiritual paths. Are we really, are we up for those this week? Getting outside, experiencing nature, experience our oneness with nature. I want to close with a little bit of a extended reading uh, from uh, this fabulous book called uh, Developing Ecological Consciousness. Developing Ecological Consciousness. And it's the Third edition, Becoming Fully Human. We become fully human only to the extent that we learn to use all of our human equipment. Take wildness, for example. If you are human, you are an animal with a particular suite of sensibilities, instincts, and potentialities that are innate to every animal species. Yet most of us have been so thoroughly socialized, that is domesticated, that we are reluctant to express the full ex uh, spectrum of wildness and aliveness that is part of our birthright. How is it for you? How playful are you? How sensuous? How erotic? How instinctive? How spontaneous? Have you ever given yourself permission to hug a tree? 
to sleep alone under the stars, to weep freely in public, to sing until your heart bursts with joy, to act with fierce courage, to howl at the moon, to forage for wild foods. If not, you are missing opportunities to use all your human equipment, missing out on what it means to be fully and unabashedly human. Spirit is another component of our human equipment that must be cultivated if we are to become fully human. In ecological terms, spirit is an energetic sensibility that awakens us to the fact that we belong to, are part of, something that is both extraordinary and deeply mysterious. Modern physics confirms that subtle forces of connectivity and interdependence permeate all of existence, meaning that the human-created concepts of separation and independence are illusions. Though our culture conditions us to believe that each of us is a skin-encapsulated ego, the larger truth is that everything connects. Indeed, the word spirit connotes the interbeing of all that is. Finally, on this journey toward becoming fully human, there is a soul element. In the context of our human equipment, the soul is that ineffable force that whispers to us through dreams and intuition, like an underworld muse, guiding us toward our essence, our destiny, so we may offer the world the gift, no matter how humble, it is uniquely ours to give. Indeed, it is the persistent itch from our shy souls that calls us toward what matters most in life, beckoning us to express our full human humanity and in so doing to discover our life's true meaning and purpose so that we might all join together in the healing of the world. Of course, none of this is easy. In fact, it's a daunting challenge, yet each of us has the necessary equipment. We just need to summon the courage to use it. I want to share an affirmation. So I invite you to say this with me. I am one with all of life on and as planet Earth. I am one with all of life on and as planet Earth. And so it is. So let's take a breath. And I think of that spirit and recognize that that presence, that infinite presence, <laughs> infinite beyond our own idea, way infinite beyond our own idea, is all that there is abundantly expressing being itself. <clears throat> and I recognize that we each are one of that infinite self ourselves. There is no separation. So we are one of the abundance. We are one of the naturalness of spirit. We are one of the love and the wholeness. We are one of the creative intelligence, the creative genius, as Ernest called it. We are one of that. And so I speak my word. We'll 
apply the abundance of our love to this planet, this whole natural world. We recognize ourselves as within a wholeness, a oneness of which this planet is an expression. We allow our interior work and our exterior work to combine to create a healthier, a more whole planet. And we ourselves are fed and rejuvenated as we feed and rejuvenate the earth. It is our mother, it is our source of human life. And I'm grateful for all that we already do and all that we are saying even more yes to. And so in gratitude for our powerful love, both within and without, I release this word into the law, the infinite action of that law, the movement of that law, knowing that what we are declaring that spirit is present and that this planet is supported is already so in the infinite mind, the infinite oneness. We allow it to be so in our own minds, in our own bodies, in our own actions. And so it is.